0: If you've discovered that you're the difficult one in the relationship and keep hurting the ones you love, check out the life-changing program I created called Healed Being. This is the step-by-step program to stop being controlled by your emotional triggers and start creating the strongest relationships possible. Go to HealedBeing.com for your first four free lessons today. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I want to help you learn the skills you need to deal with life's challenges in the most emotionally intelligent way. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining me for another show. And if you are brand new, thank you for tuning in to figure out what this is all about. It is about an overwhelmed brain. (laughs) I don't even know if I've ever explained this on the air. I might have once talked about what the show's title is about. I mean, it's pretty obvious, The Overwhelmed Brain. It is a show about uh, helping you become less overwhelmed, underwhelmed, <laughs> not whelmed. It's a show about helping you stay out of overwhelm. So how do you do that? I think there's a thousand ways to do that because a lot of stuff can add up to overwhelm. Work can add up to overwhelm, toxic relationships, self-sabotaging thoughts and decisions, uh, poor behavior that leads to arguments on somebody else's side, of course, not yours. (laughs) Somebody else has poor behavior and then you have some sort of argument, or maybe you do, maybe you have poor behavior and that leads to an argument. But my goal, in fact, back in 2013 when I started the show, was to create a podcast that just helps people get out of their overwhelmed brain. So many things are so overwhelming. And so how do you get beyond that? How do you get past that? How do you get through it? And how do you not experience it at all if it's possible? I believe what I talk about on this show, and I wrote a book called The Overwhelmed Brain, Personal Growth for Critical Thinkers. I believe that in the book, in this show, and in my blog at theoverwhelmedbrain.com, everything I teach you is direction toward getting out of overwhelmed and, in fact, becoming uh, less stressed, having less anxiety, hopefully avoiding going down the path of depression. And when you can do all the right steps, then you're not overwhelmed. Is it possible? I don't know. There are still curveballs in life that are thrown that we need to figure out, but I believe the secret... To dealing with uh, all of life's challenges is to prepare yourself to deal with life's challenges because life will be and is often challenging. So as much as you can do to prepare and even prevent these challenges from coming through and coming along, you'll be in a better shape. You'll be in a much better place so that you know how to handle it. So again, my goal is in fact in my own life and hopefully in yours I'm trying to instill from this show is to help you be prepared for life's challenges. That used to be um, on my business card (laughs) a long time ago and I had a business card that said helping you through life's challenges or something like that. It wasn't exactly like that, it was more creative. But it is, it's it's a show about helping you through life's challenges so that you have the tools and the resources to deal with the curveballs in life. And so, I talk about a lot of things here. If you've been listening a while, you know that. For the last nine years, you probably have looked through my library and you can see all the things I've talked about, or hear all the things I've talked about, and maybe some apply to you and some don't, like today. Maybe this will apply to you, maybe it won't, but I think I'll start by talking about self-worth and self-esteem. I think it's important to understand uh, like for example I'm going to tell you right now this is the truth you are worthy do you need to hear that I don't know but uh, sometimes we never hear some people never hear that they are worthy and maybe and not in those words either worthiness to me is uh, worthy of love worthy of kindness worthy of respect worthy of just being noticed, being acknowledged, being validated. And so when somebody comes along and doesn't do those things for you, it might lower your self-worth. Actually, I might say it lowers your self-esteem because I think self-worth starts in childhood. Well, I know it does because how do you feel when your mom or dad or any caretaker Uh, doesn't give you love or attention or doesn't give you the right kind of attention or maybe it's toxic attention or maybe they just ignored you altogether. And when you're a child, how do you take that in? Is it something that uh, leaves a good impression on you? Does it make you feel good about yourself? And uh, some caretakers don't understand that the amount or lack of Love and attention and validation. Some caretakers don't understand that that can last throughout our lives. So I look at self worth as something that develops when you're a child, and self esteem uh, stems from self worth. So if you have a low self worth going into your teens and into your adult years, then you're probably going to have a low self esteem and you may very likely accept bad behavior more than you should. In fact, think about this. If you have been known to allow people to be toxic around you, and allow is not the right word. I know it isn't. Some people are toxic and you're not allowing it to happen. They just are. But let's just say that uh, they are violating your boundaries. They are pushing the limit with you. They are crossing your line. And with certain people you would say hey you can't do that you're crossing the line you're being disrespectful you need to back off I think with certain people we feel more confident doing that with but with other people typically family (laughs) family is usually the people that might push our boundaries more than others because for many reasons but um, they, they know our vulnerabilities they know our buttons and they've known us all our lives and when they know us we we can tend to be a bit more tolerant and resilient. And uh, that's not always good with a toxic family member. So what ends up happening is that you might have somebody in your life that pushes your boundaries, violates your boundaries, pushes your buttons, argues and isn't supportive and puts you down. All this stuff that definitely damages uh, or can be damaging to your self-esteem. And um, when that happens, the, the question you need to ask yourself, and, and I'm trying to be as polite as possible about this, but the question you want to ask yourself is, do I acknowledge myself enough to not allow this to happen? Do I love myself enough to not allow this to happen? Again, allow is not the right word, but just go with this for a moment. Uh, Do I respect myself to allow this not to happen or to stop them from disrespecting me? This is where you say, I respect myself more than they respect me, so I won't allow their disrespect. There are battles we don't want to fight. I know. There are uh, people that we don't want to deal with. It's sometimes better to just walk away from certain people because as soon as you stand up for yourself and say no more, they make it worse. These are the battles that we have to choose, you know, pick and choose. But, you know, I look at it this way. I want to walk away with my integrity. I want to walk away with my dignity. And I want to feel good about myself. And um, if I don't, if I don't have those Three things integrity, dignity, and feeling good about myself, which is close to dignity, but I'm going to separate them. Why not? Then I won't feel good about myself later. <laughs> I'll take this bad feeling I have about myself with me. And guess what it does? It compounds my low self worth if I already have low self worth. So if I'm talking with somebody, that is putting me down and I continue the conversation and they continue to belittle me they continue to make me feel less than I really am or they convince me that I'm less than I really am I'm no good I'm nothing maybe then I really have to question just how much I'm taking care of myself and I have to be really careful here because I don't want to blame you if you're being victimized here. It's not about that at all. This is a mindset thing. This is a uh, life philosophy thing. This is your philosophy, how you think. Because when you're in a room with somebody who's putting you down and making you feel bad about yourself, you do have to ask yourself, am I gonna sit here and take it? Am I going to allow this into my life? And you may not be able to stop it. You may not be able to stop someone's toxic behavior But you can start to talk to yourself and say, no, I don't allow this in my life. Not even talking to them. Just tell yourself this. I don't and I won't allow this into my life because I care about myself too damn much. Hey, Paul, I care about you too much to expose you to this. It's like I'm a separate person trying to help me through it. Paul, you're better than this. Paul, you are deserving of respect. You are deserving of kindness. At a minimum, you are deserving of love. And if these people or this person in your life isn't giving you at least kindness and respect, then what you're doing is you're exposing yourself to something very toxic, what I call relationship radiation. It is a radioactive Uh, energy that is coming off of them seeping into you and slowly, not fast, slowly this is why we tolerate it so often because it slowly disintegrates us it slowly eats away at us but often it's minute and it is a residual thing that continues to eat away at us even when we're not in the same room, even when we're not in the same city, because it's inside of us. It's affecting our worth, our feelings about ourselves, our self-esteem. And so when we're around people that are toxic, we have to remind ourselves that I respect myself, therefore I require respect from you. That might sound a little confrontational, but again, I'm not telling you to tell them this, I'm telling you to tell yourself this, to start getting it in your brain, to start making sure that uh, you have it down, that you are mastering this inside yourself. I respect myself, so therefore I require you to respect me too. Because if I let you disrespect me, what am I doing? I'm disrespecting myself because I'm letting it in. You may not be able to stop it. You may not be able to stop them from being disrespectful, but you can build that healthy boundary inside of you so that one day, and this is where it all leads one day you can maybe stand up and say, You know what? I've had enough of your crap. That's it. I'm done. I've had enough. And Maybe they'll explode. Maybe they'll be shocked because you stood up for yourself. Who knows? You may have done this already. And you may lose a relationship that you care about even. But there's only so much you can take because somebody who's disintegrating your self-worth isn't somebody that you necessarily want to be around all the time. I'm not saying that you have to get rid of anybody in your life. I'm saying that once you start developing this healthy boundary inside yourself, that the right words and the right steps will come naturally because you will get to a point where you know for a fact that you don't deserve anything less than kindness and respect. I mean, I, I say this on my other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com. You deserve nothing less than kindness and respect. I think I reversed the order, respect and kindness. <laughs> and because you do, because you deserve that that tells yourself that you are also worthy. That convinces yourself that you are worthy of better behavior. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of so much more than some people are capable of giving. So you have to know that inside of you. Again, I don't know if you need to hear this or not, but I think it's important to have some sort of fallback when somebody comes up and says something awful. Hey, what happened to you? You know, what if somebody comes up and says, hey, what happened to you? You look um, you look tired. Wow, you look tired, and you might feel energized. <laughs> you look like um, you just woke up, and you look sick. Are you getting enough nutrition? And you think, wow, I, I thought I was doing really well. Wow, you know, those, those clothes aren't as baggy as they used to be. What happened? Whoa, now they're really starting to shame you. <laughs> they're really starting to put you down there are people like this I think you know there are people like this they'll say things and they're hurtful some mean it and some people really mean to hurt you they want you to hurt because that's how they take your power away if they take your power away then they feel powerful they feel like they're in control of their life there's a whole psychology behind that people wanting to take your power so they feel power it's kind of like a bully situation where the bully comes along and as long as they're able to take your power you will never be more powerful than them. And then they feel like they have control in their life. If they feel like they have control in their life, they don't have to deal with all of life's challenges <laughs> because they're tackling life's challenges before they become challenging. They, I mean, they don't want to deal with the uh, stress of emotional challenges. And so they don't want to deal with the stress of challenge. So they try to take everyone's power away so that they don't become challenging to them. And uh, when people like that are in your life, that's exactly what they do. They take your power away. Why would you let anybody take your power away? Again, I'm just trying to install that in your mind. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that you're prepared to do this now. Maybe you are. But I am saying it does take the first step. And the first step, uh, what I'm talking about, is your power, to get your power back or start building it or rebuilding it takes a small or large leap in your mind that says, you know, I'm more worthy than this. I am worthy of kindness and respect and love and acknowledgement and validation. I'm worthy of this. And let me say this, if you don't feel you're worthy of it, then this is where we look into our past and ask ourselves, well, who were our caretakers growing up? Who were they? Because... We're born worthy of love and kindness and validation and support, and we're worthy of that. We are born innocent, and we are born free of uh, challenges until the first one comes along, which is usually "I'm hungry." <laughs> but hopefully, we're fed. Some of us aren't. Some of us are neglected, not only physically, you know, but mentally, emotionally, and. Every form of neglect as a child turns into lower self-worth and low self, lower self-esteem. And then we take those feelings if they're never made up. You know, if one of your caretakers never makes it up and says, oh, you are so wonderful and I love you so much and oh, look at that drawing. You know, if they don't do any of this stuff or they didn't do it in a way that made an impact with you, then you're going to take the, the feelings of low self-worth and low self-esteem into your adult life. And so we need to remember that uh the people that brought us up. I mean, I can speak for myself, they weren't healthy. <laughs> yes, we can say, hey, they, they did the best they can. I don't want to blame them. And then I'll say, why not? <laughs> why not blame them? Oh, that's awful. They they did the best they can, you know. My mom was abused by her stepfather. I I don't want to blame her. It's not about blame. It's it's just about not going into denial. Because when you're a child, you don't know what life is like. And you're hoping your caretakers know enough about life and enough about love and enough, enough about raising you and showing you the love and kindness and respect and all that stuff that you deserve. But sometimes they can't. And because they can't, either because they're unwilling or unable, it doesn't mean they didn't. I don't blame my mom for not being there all the time because she had other things to do. And one of those things was protecting us from the alcoholic in the family. And so I didn't feel like I got enough love and hugs. And I know she loved me. But I can still look back and say, yeah, that's, that's why. That's why I felt less worthy and had low self-esteem when I was younger because my mom was able, unable to do that. And then some people get stuck by saying, but I don't want to blame that person because she tried her best or he tried their best. We don't want to blame those people. I understand that. I understand not wanting to blame, but you do want to at least acknowledge that it happened. It just happened. The caretakers in our life may have tried their best and it still wasn't good enough. It doesn't mean we have to be angry with them. It doesn't mean that at all unless you want to be. My whole point here is don't go into denial. If you really have thoughts and feelings about something, you know, about a person in your life, don't go into denial about it because I've heard this over and over again. My mom, you know, she was supposed to protect me from my abusive dad but uh, she never did so I'm really angry with my mom so it's not fair to be angry at her because I know she was being abused too and then I'll stop and I'll say it's okay if you're angry at her and then they'll say but she doesn't deserve that and I'll say I know but if you feel angry inside of you and you need to get it outside of you you need to take it out of your system you might just have to admit that yeah I'm angry I'm angry. It it shouldn't have happened. She should have stood up for me, damn it. I'm so angry. And however it comes out for you, just to get it out of your system, not that it's actually directed at that person. Like if I was angry at my mom, to direct that at her. and Mom, I'm angry at you because this and this and this. I don't have to say that because all I have to do is express it in myself it's okay to be angry it's okay to have feelings about someone that even though they had it difficult as well it's still inside of you and you have two choices you can hold back you know repress it stuff it back down or you can let it out and you can choose to let it out with that person or not i'm actually a fan of not necessarily letting it out with that person But if I have anger about someone that I believe doesn't necessarily deserve that because they were going through a difficult time too, I need to get it out. I need to talk to a friend. I need to talk to my girlfriend. I need to talk to a therapist, whatever, whoever. I just need to get it out. Because what happens is once that negative energy is out of your system, you start to feel differently about it. This is something I learned with my stepfather. I was so angry. I hated my stepfather for years and years and years. I didn't even know I hated him until late in my 30s. And then when I realized I hated him, I felt like uh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't hate my stepfather. He really tried. He drank a lot, and uh, he was abusive to my mom, and he was scary as hell to me, and I think he was abusive to my siblings. And uh, there were uh, so many emotions I had about him but I repressed them. I held them back. I did not want to experience them because I kept telling myself, hating is wrong. Being angry at someone that sick is wrong. So instead of letting it out, expressing it, admitting it, that I felt these things, I just stuffed it back. And of course, when you stuff things back, suppression of thought and repression of emotions leads to depression, or it can. That's where it led for me. I suppressed my thoughts about my past and repressed the emotions I had about certain people, and because those emotions didn't go anywhere, they built up inside of me and kept, um, I kept getting darker and darker in there. The depression was that darkness that was building up, and that's all those repressed negative emotions. I just pushed them, stuffed them, swallowed them so that uh, depression had no choice but to exist suppression of thought repression of emotions leads to a depressive state and uh that's not the only thing i know there are other people that deal with depression and i'm not saying that's the only formula but that is important to remember that it can lead to that if you suppress and repress and prevent those things from ever coming out i have really bad thoughts about so and so and i really am angry and i'm so upset But I'm going to hold that in. I'm going to put that back. I'm going to maybe even go into denial. It's just not right to think that way. I'm going to think everything's uh, positive now. I'm going to think positively and move forward and try not to think about all the bad stuff. And then we wonder why life doesn't always work out. That's that self-sabotaging behavior I think I talked about in the last episode. Things don't work out. We try to find the source of why it didn't work out so we don't do that again. But... The source may be inside us, way down there, because we stuffed it down there. And when you get rid of this stuff, when you express it, or at least give it a voice to give it a way out of your system, this is one of the ways we start to get overwhelmed as we stuff the negative emotions and the negative thoughts down, either because we don't want to make waves, we're afraid of confrontation, or we think we shouldn't. We think we shouldn't think and feel that way. And so I'm, I'm skirting the edge of um, probably people's comfort. <laughs> some people listening right now, uh, there's probably some comfort skirting going on. I'm trying to be very aware that um, it sounds like I'm saying, hey, even the nicest people who were abused themselves, if they abuse you, you should be mad at them. No, it's not that at all. I, I, don't, I hope it didn't come out that way. What I'm trying to say is, let's just say that you were allowed to think and feel anything you wanted with no moral repercussions and no uh, issues with uh, family or friends or romantic partners. Let's just say that you were allowed to think anything. Anything you wanted. Think and feel anything you wanted. And by thinking and feeling, it doesn't affect anyone else. That's what I mean. It's like if you were allowed to think and feel anything, anything and you knew it would affect no one else and if you want to go even further you can say and even if you are mad at someone it doesn't really mean that you're actually mad at them like they're not going to hear it and say oh you're mad at me let's just say that uh i have this hatred toward my stepfather still and somebody said well let's just say that your stepfather didn't care about how you felt about him like it didn't affect him at all No matter what you said, you could say, I hate you, and I hope you die, and it wouldn't affect him at all because he would know you have a lot of thoughts and feelings stuff down there, and you just need to get them out. So speaking your inner truth, what does that look like? What does that sound like? I don't think I'm explaining this right, but the point is what's really inside of you that if you did speak your truth with no fear of the consequences, what would that sound like? For me, it was, I hate my stepfather so much. That was my breakdown in my 30s. I had a breakdown that I didn't realize I was holding on to hate, and I was about to lose a relationship, and as she was getting ready to walk out the door, at least the next day, that came up for me. Like, all this hatred I I was holding on to. Wow, that was mind-blowing. I didn't know that was in there, but... Uh, I sort of did because I held back. I held it back. I repressed it. And I decided that I was never going to express it because my morality said that hating is wrong. And my, quote, emotional intelligence back then said that if I hate, then I must uh, have hatred inside of me. And if hating is bad, then it's bad to hold on to it. But any negative feeling that you don't give a voice to or at least express in some way to get it out of your system stays inside of you. So it does affect you, even though you're denying or stuffing it back down, because it's still inside of you. If it's still inside of you, it's still affecting you. And it does affect your self-worth because the old adage is true. When you have hate in your heart you feel hate inside of you and hate is a very strong negative energy to hold on to the problem i had was i was holding on to it because i never wanted to express it and since i never expressed it i held on to it (laughs) if you don't express it if you don't get it out of your system or at least reflect on it go somewhere outside write in journal do something if you don't do it if you don't express what's inside of you and get it out of your system, it stays in there. And then what they say becomes true. What they say is, if you have hate inside of you, then you're gonna feel hate, it's gonna be a powerful negative emotion inside of you, and it's gonna block love and connection, and being able to uh, open yourself up and be vulnerable around others because you have so much negativity inside of you. The problem is, in my life, Uh, all I've been told is just let it go (laughs) just let it go just stop hating just let go of the hate or forgive there's another one just forgive just be forgiving I don't want to forgive it doesn't mean I want to hold on to hate either but there are certain things that eh, they're not forgivable in my book in my book they're not forgivable so I'm not gonna forgive either so if I'm not forgiving I mean, I have a different view of forgiveness anyway. I believe in forgiving yourself because there are ways that I showed up that I might be upset with in myself that I need to forgive myself for. So I forgive myself. I'm going to move forward because I'm going to be uh, uh, gentle on myself. I'm going to go easy on myself because I didn't know then what I know now. Now I would show up differently, but back then I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the tools. I didn't know what I know now. And so I need to give myself a break. I forgive myself a break. I'm good there. And so now what? Do I still have this hate in my heart? Okay, fine. I'll admit it. I have hate in my heart. I don't like him. I hate him, in fact. This might go against your own beliefs. I don't know. But I do know that if you hold on to that negativity inside of you, first of all, you feel it. Second of all, it does slowly chip away at your self-worth and self-esteem. And third, it uh, does contribute to your overwhelm, your stress, your stress levels. And fourth, it prevents you from being as open and loving and connecting and vulnerable with safe people. But if you prevent yourself from doing that, then your relationships may not be as powerful as long-lasting. They could suffer some consequences because you still have things you haven't expressed. Even to the people in your life today. And I'm not just talking about your caretakers growing up. Sometimes we have thoughts and feelings in our heart that uh, we want to express to the other person, but don't. And um, there there are many reasons for that. But if you do, you get it out of your system. But what would happen then? You know, that's when the fear of the consequences kicks in. If I say that, it might end the relationship. It could. And I'm not saying you should. But this is where. The words and the actions will come out when you're ready, and you'll only be ready if you decide that you love yourself, you respect yourself, you are compassionate toward yourself, and you will not allow someone else to disrespect you. You won't allow anyone to be hurtful toward you because you love yourself enough to not allow those things, and that's where it begins in the mind. Just to tell yourself, I deserve to be respected. I deserve to be validated. I deserve to be loved. I deserve good people in my life. I deserve a great job. I deserve more benefits, more pay. I deserve all this stuff. Even if you don't believe it, you start saying it. Yes, it sounds like an affirmation. And uh, when you start believing this inside of you, You take steps in the real world, the external world outside of you, that line up with this new way of being, or if you're already there, existing way of being. This is where full congruence is happening, where your thoughts, your beliefs, and your intentions line up with your behaviors, your actions, your words. That's full congruence. That's authenticity to a (laughs) T that is fully authentic. And then you can pick and choose battles. You can pick and choose friends. You can pick and choose more of what you want in life. You won't always get what you want, but I guarantee you you'll get more of what you want because you're going to show up authentically and nobody has to interpret what you want because you are being who you really are. And when you show up as you really are, People will take you seriously. They'll admire that about you. And you'll automatically gain respect. And before you say, Paul, that's not true, there are certain people in my life that will never see me that way. And I will say, when you're ready, <laughs> when you're ready to take the steps that you need to take, where your beliefs and your thoughts and your uh, intentions inside of you become your physical reality. I'm not talking about manifesting anything or law of attraction. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about when you are in alignment with how you think and you apply it to how you act and the steps you take in your personal life, you probably won't have any toxic people in your life. And if you do, they won't bother you anymore because you'll know how to handle them. Like my stepfather shows up at my mom's office. I say, sorry, you're not welcome. Whoa, I didn't know how to handle him before that. But I got into alignment with how I was thinking. How I was thinking was, I'm not going to let people cross my boundaries. I'm not going to let people cross my mom's boundaries. And here I am at her house, and he shows up, and he's not supposed to be there. And I now have an opportunity to be fully congruent. And I was, and it was scary. (laughs) And I did it. And I said, I'm sorry, you're not welcome here. And he shrugged his shoulders and walked away, and I shut the door. And then I took a big breath. (sighs) I've never done that before. I've never faced him before. I've never confronted him before. That was scary as hell. And that full congruence is what got me through it because I was ready. You'll know when you're ready because you're going to be thinking about this stuff all the time. I don't deserve that. I deserve respect. I don't deserve that. You'll have these thoughts in your head. And then when the time comes, you will take the right steps for you. And until then, be gentle on yourself if you aren't able to do this. Because this stuff does take a little time where you start feeling good inside yourself, where you start rebuilding or building your self worth, and you start rebuilding or building your self esteem. All of this, as it builds, creates a new, improved, evolved, stronger, faster, more powerful than a locomotive. You, it does start with the thoughts you have about yourself. And so that's why it's important that if you do feel any negativity, and maybe you're doing some negative internal dialogue, you know, the bad self talk, I'm so stupid, I hate this, I hate that, all that stuff that's inside of you, give it a voice, give it an external expression of some sort, write it down, tell a friend, tell a therapist, or yell into a pillow, whatever it is, get it outside of you and keep doing it until those feelings release may take a while and I'm not saying you have to wait until they're fully released sometimes there's residual that is hard to get to but do what you can and definitely don't go into denial about what you're thinking and feeling because that's what stuffs it back down I hope you got something from this I'll be right back I'm going to read an email on the next segment and hopefully I'll have some sort of wise clever thing to say about it (laughs) wish me luck be right back after this You know, I was just talking about telling someone, you know, don't leave it inside of you. Tell someone, get that internal voice out. And today's sponsor is the perfect place to do this. They are BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy. You can have video and chat and email any way that works for you at your convenience. They are a fantastic service. And like I was saying, it's important that you get this stuff out And BetterHelp helps you become a problem solver. So when these challenges do come up in life, this is what they do. They help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. You know, therapy was one of those things that I did. And to be able to just get this stuff out of me, to express it to someone, especially a third party that knew what to ask and how to get me there, It was wonderful to shut the door behind me knowing that my problems were back there. I pulled them out of my system. I pulled them out of my body. That's what it felt like. And just expressing it was healing. It was very healing. And this is what BetterHelp is here to help you through this, to help you express it. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash brain. You'll get 10% off your first month when you go to that URL. That's betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Welcome back. I got this message not too long ago. I'm going to just read it to you and see where we go with it. I really haven't thought about it too much. Uh, This person wrote, how do I fight an issue with me having to be there for all events? For example, my friend's birthday, I felt like I needed to do something and be there, even though I really don't need to. It's almost like separation anxiety, but for certain things and certain people. Or how about fighting a feeling that I need to date one person no matter what? I want to expand and date others and not feel like I have to dedicate to one person. If this was on a podcast, it would be awesome. <laughs> okay, that's the message. Thank you so much for writing. And um, I can totally relate this actually because as a former people pleaser (laughs) you might be experiencing this a little bit Um, maybe you feel like you want to be liked and by not doing certain things or saying no or doing what you want to do you feel like you won't be liked you feel like maybe people will look down on you and if that's the case then you do have to work on certain things i i actually talk about that over at the overwhelmedbrain.com I talk about people-pleasing a lot on this show as well, but you can read about that if you go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and type in the word uh, please or pleaser in the search field, you will find some articles and episodes on that that I highly recommend you review, you check out, because you're going to learn that if you're a people-pleaser, you're going to learn that it takes some uh, effort to get over your fear what might be a fear of confrontation. And um, it's, it's probably more than that because you said my friend's birthday and I feel like I should go. And if I don't, it's like separation anxiety. So my question, this is where I start asking myself questions. If I were in your shoes, I would ask myself, okay, what would happen if I didn't go? Well, I'd have all these feelings. Okay, why are you having these feelings? You know, that's just a simple question. Why are you having those feelings? Well, if I, and I'll just make up what you might say, well, if I don't go, then uh, my friend might think I don't like them. And then I would say, okay, how is that a problem? That's a question I like to ask because uh, it's a drill down question. How is it a problem that your friend doesn't like you? Then the answer might be, well, I want my friend to like me. Yeah, but how is it a problem? This is where we start asking ourselves very simple yet obvious questions that we probably really haven't asked ourselves before because we usually stop at, yeah, but I want to be liked. Or, yeah, but I don't want to make them mad. That's where we usually stop. And then I would say, well, why don't you want to make them mad? How is that a problem? Why does it matter if they're mad? But I I want to be liked. I want them to know that I'm not... Disrespecting them, I'm not neglecting them. Why? Well, you know, this is where we really start pushing ourselves against the wall, making ourselves answer questions that uh, seem obvious. I call them stupid questions that lead to healing, drill down questions too. Okay, um, why do I want them to not feel disrespected? Yeah. Well, I, I don't want them to think I'm a bad person. Okay, so we might actually be getting into some self-worth stuff. You know, I just talk about this self-worth and self-esteem. Why not just tie it in? (laughs) But yes, that's probably what it is. I have low self-worth. So in order to feel worthy, I need to make sure people like me. I need to make sure people don't think I'm neglecting them or disrespecting them. Well, let me ask you this and let me just do a reframe. This might, maybe, this may help you. The reframe is, Would you want your friend to disregard their own happiness to accommodate you? I want you to be serious. Would you want your friend to disregard their own happiness to accommodate you? You know, I'm going to turn this around. (laughs) Because if you said, No, of course I don't want my own friend to disregard, I want them to be happy. I want them to be happy. Then why would you ever support their disregard of their own happiness? Why would you ever do that? I wouldn't. Of course not. Of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Just like they would not want you to disregard your own happiness because a true friend won't let you disregard your own happiness. They won't. They love you, they care about you, they want you to be happy. Hey, I can't make it to your birthday party. I'm so sorry. No worries, it's all good. I'm just glad you called. Thank you so much. That's a friend. What if they said, "Uh, what? You can't make it to the party? You're a jerk." That's not a friend. <laughs> That's not a, the way I define friend. That's something else. That's somebody who just wants what they want and doesn't care what you want. That's selfish. Don't disregard your own happiness to accommodate others. That's not how life is supposed to be. That's not how friendships are supposed to be. That is the reframe I'm giving you because true friends will want you to make sure that you are supporting yourself, that you are happy, that you are going in a direction that feels good to you. And if you miss a party, they're going to understand. They're going to be okay with it. And you might need to just try this out. What would happen if I called my friend and said, hey, I can't make it. I'm so sorry. What do they say? Are they a jerk? Or do they say, it's no problem. <laughs> it's no worries at all. We'll see each other again. I'll meet you whenever. And then you learn that it's okay because they actually do support your happiness. They don't want you to disregard your own happiness. So this is where I go with that. Now, the question about uh, dating Uh, One person at a time for example. This is what I assume you mean like I want to be able to date more than one person I don't want to feel like I'm Dedicated to this one person. I don't know what to tell you (laughs) The only reason I say that and I might be wrong here because I haven't really thought about this too much, but uh, I Am that same way When I date someone I'm all in until I realize this isn't the person for me so This might not be a question that I can answer uh, congruently. (laughs) So let me give you, if I think about this for a second, let me give you one thought on this. Um, Let me think if I wanted to, let's just say when I was dating my girlfriend. uh, Oh, this is a good example, actually. So when I first met my girlfriend, we were long distance. We met online and we were good friends for like two or three months before she said, It's too bad you're not closer because we could try dating and see if something worked out, which threw me for a loop because I thought we were going to just stay friends. But I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. uh, Dating. Okay. Do I want to date this person? Uh, And so I had to think about it. And then I said, I guess so. I, I guess, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's, you know, we've been talking every night for hours anyway. We were already really connected in so many ways um I just hadn't gone to that place and she did so she brought it up and I said uh, okay let's do that let's connect and she said okay well I'm coming up I'm coming up uh, anyway for this I guess she was going to a wedding or something I said great we'll meet then we'll meet then and we'll just see if there are any sparks and so um it was going to be like a month before we saw each other and I think it was the day the next day or the day after I, um I asked her something and she said I'm going on a date tonight and I said what you're going on a date and she said well yeah and I said I thought I thought we were gonna you know see if we were compatible and if this is going to work out for us and she said well uh, we haven't met yet and my life doesn't just stop as soon as we uh, make an arrangement because I don't even know if we're going to work out or not I mean I'm just you know just trying different things and seeing if I can find somebody that is compatible and you may or may not be it so uh, I don't know (laughs) I mean she was honest which I appreciated but I I felt like um, a little offended it felt weird to me and it's because I've been the type of person that gets one person starts dating them and just goes all in I'm not paying attention to anyone else I am set on this person until it works out or it doesn't work out I don't want to you know, spread myself too thin, I guess. Or maybe because I get feelings faster than some people and I have feelings for a person, so I just keep going in that direction to see if it works out. So that's been my modus operandi for most of my life. So that's who I've been. So when she said that, it was totally weird to me. And I, I again, I felt strange about it and I had feelings about it. And, um... I think we hung up and then I called her back a couple hours later and I said, "I just realized you're right, we haven't met, and it's very unfair of me to say who you should or shouldn't date because it's you're right. We may not work out. We may not work out and it's unfair of me to take that away from you. And she said, well, "Thank you so much. and you know, wow, she was surprised because it was a totally different attitude that I just had a few hours before. And I was serious. I was genuine. She was absolutely right. And I said, uh, you know, of course, you know, go out, date, do your thing because you're right. What if we meet and you had an opportunity with somebody else? And I took that away from you because I was just thinking that I'm a one-on-one type of guy and you should be too. So I didn't want to put my values on her because that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to let people be who they are. And what's interesting when that happened um, she said, "Thank you so much, and I'm so, you know, I'm so glad you feel that way." It, it, she felt like it was a relief that I wasn't there to control her. That I, I, mean, that's who I used to be a long time ago, and I realized, wow, that's an old pattern coming out inside of me, and I don't want to be that person anymore. Of course, do your thing, go out there and you know, meet people. Of course, and she felt so good about that that I think it was the next day. She said, I just want to let you know that I took myself off, you know, the dating service. And I said, "Uh, what? Why? And she said, because of what you said. And I asked her, what did I say? (laughs) And She said, you said it was okay if I did that. And that felt so good to me because you weren't trying to control me. You weren't trying to make me do things that I, you know, didn't want to do. And I don't know. She just, I forget exactly what she said, but she said that it made her feel supported and it made her understand that uh, maybe I was a great guy and she didn't want to lose that. I don't know. I don't know what exactly, I should ask her, what exactly she was thinking in that moment. But she said, because I did that, because I just let her do what she wanted and let her be herself. I mean, this is what I teach over in Healed Being. Let them be themselves that was what um helped her understand that maybe this could be something more and then the rest is history we met and we the sparks flew and everything was great and everything is still great and we're still together today eight nine whatever eight years later and now i'm on this question (laughs) now i have this question in front of me that um is challenging me a little bit because he says, how do I fight this feeling to date only one person at a time? He didn't say those words, but that's what I'm reading. And not feel like I have to dedicate to a single person. And my answer to that, after that entire story, this is what I learned after dating my girlfriend. I've learned that every time you treat a date as meeting with a friend and just learning more about your friend, that it becomes less about impressing someone and more about being yourself and when I was talking to my girlfriend for the first few months before we ever decided that we were gonna date we were friends and every time we get on the phone I was talking to her and telling her things that I probably wouldn't have been comfortable telling a potential <laughs> partner <laughs> because I didn't think she was ever gonna be my partner I went into this as a friendship and that's what it was gonna stay in my mind And so what ended up happening was I was super transparent with her. I just told her everything. I told her my deep, dark stuff. (laughs) I told her my fantasies. I told her everything because there was no worry about impressing her or offending her because I'm just a friend and I'm trusting her in this environment to tell her anything. And that's what I learned is that when you go into a date or you think there's a potential partner If you treat it as a date and you're trying to impress the person, you will end up not being yourself. I mean, most of the time you will not feel like yourself. You will not be able to express yourself in a way that a friend would to another friend. What I've learned is that total honesty, or at least for the most part, being so honest that it doesn't matter if it works out as a relationship, frees you of the feeling of Uh, dedicating or feeling that loyalty toward that person as a romantic partner. I think that's the best way to describe this. Again, I may not be the best person to answer this, but this is how I see it. Is that if you really want to just date people in general, not just one person, and like I probably would still do, just dedicate yourself to one person, and you just kind of want to date then you got to treat these people as friends. You do. They're like, this is a friend of mine. Hey, how you doing? It's great to see you again. And don't worry so much about impressing them and saying exactly the right things because this is exactly how I look at um, getting a new job, for example. If you go into the interview and you pretend to be someone that you really aren't most of the time, guess who you have to show up as for the rest of the time if they hire you? It's going to be difficult to show up as that person if you were trying to impress them and you were super cordial and you had super manners and you never swore, but in your real life you do sort of the opposite. (laughs) The right relationships, the right employer-employee relationships, in my opinion, are the ones that are the most authentic when you have two authentic people that just put it out there. In fact, you can meet someone for a date And if you're treating them like a friend and you're being honest because you're going to tell your friends things that you probably wouldn't tell a potential romantic partner, you may talk about the other people you're dating. In fact, it's important to find out if that's what they want to do too. You might say, we're going to meet on Tuesday night and I'm going to meet this other person on Thursday night. Um, But if you're having a really good time, you're going to tell this person, I'm having a really good time with you and I I may want to cancel that Thursday night. You know That could come up. But um, what if you aren't sure? What if you don't know if this is the right person? What if they don't know? Because this is not just you. It's them too. Some other people want to date around too. However you define date around. I don't know if that means meeting for coffee or having casual sex. That's something that you have to figure out. I'm not going to get into those weeds. (laughs) But you have to keep these in mind. And honesty is the best policy. This is my final thought on this. Honesty is the best policy. Hey, look, we're having a date on Tuesday and I just want to let you know I'm having a date on Thursday with this other person. Or you could just say I'm meeting with you. I'm meeting with you on Tuesday and this other person I'm going to be meeting too as well on Thursday. I just want to be open about that. I just want to be honest because, you know, I'm not sure. I'm just meeting people and trying to explore uh, if there are compatibilities. And so far, and you can say this if you want, you and I are getting along great and I think, you know, this could be something. I'm just looking for compatibilities. And maybe it doesn't even have to get that deep. Maybe just saying, yeah, I have another date on Thursday or whatever. You can find out where they are with it. Because if they say, oh, you do? I thought uh, thought we were exclusive or something like that. Then you know where you stand with them as well. Because you have to find someone (laughs) that is okay with this. If they're okay with it and they think, oh, good, you know, this is, I'm doing that too. No problem. So this is probably terrible advice, but... (laughs) <laughs> At least I got to tell you my dating story, <laughs> and I hope the other stuff I told you about, you know, people pleasing and things like that, is helpful. Thank you so much for writing, and thanks for listening to another episode of this show. I hope uh, you got something out of it today. If you didn't, tune in next week. <laughs> We're we'll right back right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our financial backers. I call them the patrons, patrons of the week. Gemma and Michelle and Chris and Elaine, Emily, Wanda, Kayla, Victoria, Janet. I recognize all your names. Good to see you guys. And someone new, and um, they gave me a very difficult one. but I'm going to try it anyway. Fetzila? 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 <laughs> Thank you for joining the patron program and your support. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. I have to look these up <laughs> and I appreciate you. I appreciate all patrons. Thank you for your continued uh, support or your new support. Fetsila. I should, probably shouldn't try again, um, but it is so wonderful to have you on board. Grateful for each and every one of you. And If you value the show and you'd like to give back, head over to moretob.com. And you have options to do that. You could join the patron program or give a one-time donation. Totally up to you. Thank you, patrons. I appreciate each and every one of you. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, you heard me say it earlier, visit loveandabuse.com. That's where I talk about emotional abuse, control, and manipulation, and toxic people, and poisonous communication, and how to deal with that, and how to have uh, good communication strategies as well. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, you heard me mention it at the very beginning of the show, head over to HealedBeing.com. And that is a life-changing program that uh, will help you stop being controlled by your emotional triggers and hurting people that you care about. HealedBeing.com. And finally, let me give you one more website. Thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And just one more word regarding that second segment. I'm going to tell you that um, the person who wrote and said, you know, I want to date more than one person. Just adopt the attitude my girlfriend had with me. (laughs) Act as if it's perfectly normal. This is my final piece of quote advice to you. Act as if it's normal. Because it is. Today's dating is a lot different than it was. I'm old school. I like to date one person until it works or it doesn't. But a lot of people like to date other people and Try to figure out who's most qualified, who's most compatible. And so maybe you just have to act as if it's normal. And when you do, you'll probably find that it probably is. And uh, if it is, then you find the right people that also are looking for that um, close to perfect partner they can. It just depends on your goals, too. I mean, what is your goal? Is your goal to find a long-term relationship or is your goal more casual? You know what I mean. If it's more casual, you should be honest about that too. not looking for a relationship. I just want to keep things casual. That's honest. And I have a feeling that maybe if you do have these people-pleaser tendencies or your fear of confrontation or conflict, that that's probably making it a little bit more difficult to be honest. But when you read those articles or listen to my episodes on people-pleasing, that'll help you as well. But you do have to kind of let people know what's going on because some people are in it for different reasons and you don't want to trick them. You don't want to deceive them and it sounds like you haven't been. I'm not saying you have, you know, this person who wrote. Uh, It sounds like you said, I'm going to stick with this one person and dedicate myself to this one person but you want to see other people too. That just tells me that you want something that maybe uh, the person that you're with, you want non-exclusivity. You want inclusivity. You want to include other people in your life which means you have to be just as open and willing to allow them to include other people in their life too but this just needs to be something you you talk about freely and openly and be okay with it in yourself because sometimes we think something is going to sound conflicting to someone else oh boy i better not say that that sounds like a very conflicting thing to say i don't want to create conflict and so you won't say it but it's not always that way in fact most of the time, it's probably not conflicting to someone else when you speak your mind. It's just how you are, how you feel. You step into your own power and you say what you want. This is what I want because people want people that are honest. People want people, at least I do, I want somebody that's honest and says what's on their mind. Because if you are deceiving, then who are you showing up as in the relationship? You're going to show up as someone deceiving when you start a relationship? Well, I really wanted to date around, but I stuck with you just in case. Th- that doesn't sound good. How about um, I dated five or ten other people, and you were the best. You were the best one. I mean, you were the most compatible. I don't want anything to do with those other people. You're like the greatest in my book. I'm not saying it'll go that way, but it sure sounds better than uh, I wanted to date other people, but um, I was deceiving you the whole time. I I just stuck with you. I mean, <laughs> just, this, one of them is definitely more conflicting than the other. Except what we do is put the conflict before the thing happens instead of after. What I mean is that we'll think that telling the truth is conflicting instead of explaining what was true later. You see what I mean there? It's like you can think that it's going to work out if you don't tell your truth up front. But later on, you'll have to explain that truth or it'll come out. Or if it doesn't come out, where does it go? (laughs) Where does it go? It goes inside you. You repress it. You stuff it down. You swallow it. And you have some secret that you have to hold on to. Life is too short for these secrets. And I know I'm telling you to just gain the courage and be okay being open and being transparent. But sometimes it's the best policy. I mean, we know the term. Honesty is the best policy. So, what happens when you are honest especially with strangers that you meet on a dating site or wherever you're meeting these people uh, to be honest. You know how many honest people there are in dating sites? That's a trick question. (laughs) I'm not saying that they're not. I'm not saying that nobody's honest. I'm saying that usually we put our best face forward. Usually we put on some sort of super impressive display of us. We put out all of our feathers. Here we are in all our beauty, our best manners, but what would happen if you showed up as yourself? This is what we're going to end up with anyway <laughs> if we're in a relationship. I'm not saying that maybe you should dress in your sweatpants to a nice restaurant. No, you still, you'd still, you still dress up to go to a nice restaurant unless that's not you at all. Seriously, if that's not you at all, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't dress up nicely. Maybe you should just be yourself. Because what if they say, wow, I should have worn that too. That would have made me feel so much more comfortable. Whoa, you might have some compatibility there. But again, you know, you, you pick and choose what you want to do. There's, there's always the ritual of getting to know each other and making some impressions. You're getting to know each other anyway because everything's new to each of you. But um, it is important to remember that you don't want this stuff coming out later. And I don't like things that come out later, so I bite the bullet. You've probably heard the term, eat that frog. <laughs> eat that frog first thing so that the rest of the day goes fine. Space in a book. <laughs> eat that frog first thing. It's like making the hardest call of the day. Like the call you, you have to make to that very angry customer. You don't want to make it. So instead of calling them, you make other calls that are easier throughout the day. But it weighs on your mind. You're going to have to call this customer eventually. But you try to avoid it because you know it's going to go awful. And so the book talks about, and I haven't even read it, but I know the concept. The book talks about just make the call first thing. Get it out of the way. Get it out of your system so that it doesn't sit inside you festering and eating away at you and making you feel terrible. Eat that frog first thing. And that's the hard thing to do, right? Eating a frog. So you eat it metaphorically and then it goes away you're done now you have the rest of the day and it's fine because you got that hard part out of the way it's the same thing with this person I believe it's important to just put it out there and make sure that they are being transparent so that it doesn't come up later and now you have to talk about it yeah I really wanted to date other people but uh," and I know it's a big challenge to do that if you've never done that but that's why I say just take things slowly take small steps into being transparent and be okay with it because this is fully accepting yourself. Own it. Own that's who you want to be. Own yourself. That's what I want to do. I want to date other people too. That's who I am. That's what I want. I, I'm i not ready to settle with one person until I find the right person. That could be you. That could be how you want to say it. But you have to own it inside of you. Remember, it all starts inside. It all starts inside your mind. You have to... Really get it going in there and just say, I'm very comfortable with who I am. And I'm going to express this because that's who I am. That's what I'm going to do. And people who appreciate honesty are going to appreciate that. They're going to appreciate that about you. I don't think anybody wants to be deceived. I think sometimes people find it easier <laughs> than the truth. But they, they still think about it. It's like they can't get it out of their mind when they're deceived. Oh, I've been duped. Oh, that jerk can't get out of your mind. So that's why I say, you know, it's just best to let it all out there. Just like when I was talking to my girlfriend before we ever became a couple. Man, I told her some stuff that she still says to this day. She tells she still tells her friends, "I can't believe he told me that stuff." <laughs> I did not make myself appealing in the least. In fact, one of the very first things I told her was, "Yeah, I'm not making any money and I'm living in my mom's basement and I just got divorced a few months ago." So you probably don't really want to date me. (laughs) I said something like that. And she laughed. And she said it was so great. It was so refreshing to meet someone who was just honest. And so that's one of the things, probably the main thing, that started to strengthen our bond. It's just my total honesty. Just owning who I was. Knowing, in my mind, that it was going to drive her away. I knew it. In my mind, it was something I believed, but in my mind I said, I know this is going to drive her away, but it's my truth. This is where I am. I said, I'm still trying to heal for my divorce, so I'm not ready to date. Plus, I'm not making any money and I'm living in my mom's basement. <laughs> and uh, we hit it off. So that's my philosophy. Again, I may not be the best person to ask about dating multiple people, but I hope this in some way gives you something to work with (laughs) maybe you can find something in there that works for you but if it doesn't just remember keep an open mind because this will help you step into your power so that you can create the life you want always take steps to grow and evolve you are powerful beyond measure and above all and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you you are amazing